Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to The Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is June 24th, 2023, and this is episode 653. Coming to you from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, I'm the doctor, Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to discuss the first game and a half of the NBA Finals uh, and knock out a couple of Undebeatables. Joining me are two analysts coast to coast like butter toast first from Asheville, north carolina he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles it's john colson what is up pacer nation what is up on the beatables so glad to see you guys uh no shout outs this week yeah yeah rare so i think people in colson's world need to treat him better yeah get it <laughs> together humanity. cranky <laughs> And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Uh, give a quick shout-out to Coach Frank Vogel. Yeah. yeah. New coach of the Phoenix Suns. Shout-out. Right. Could have been worse. Could have been worse for old coach. Old coach Vogel. Got yeah. a real Vogel, chance to win a title here. Yeah, it gets on his resume. He gets to coach LeBron James, win a title, and then coach Kevin Durant, and maybe win a title. That's not bad. He's, he gets well, good opportunities. For sure. He's a good coach. All right. Before we start the show, just want to remind listeners that they can support the longest-running Pacers podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables, and you can support us for as little as a dollar a month, or there's higher tiers that get you access to Slack channels and uh, pre-releases of clip shows which are amazing uh yeah so do that all right boys we're talking nba finals uh as we are recording since we're such good professionals uh the game game two is going on right now uh game one was thursday night and was won relatively handily by the denver nuggets uh Colson, what are you taking away from this this series so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, we we, uh, we discussed it in uh, our preview pod last uh, last week. Um, what is Miami going to do to stop Denver, and can they score enough points? Um, they actually did a pretty good job defensively on Denver, um, but they couldn't score enough points. They were absolutely broken from the three-point line in the in the uh, first three quarters um, if a few of those ga- go down maybe it's a different game 
Um, you got the worst game of the playoffs from Jimmy Butler. Um, you had Bama Bio as your best player, scoring 26 points on 25 shots. Uh, everybody missed. I mean, I think everybody, all of their shooters were like one of 10 from the range. Uh, did not, it was not a good first uh, showing for Miami. I think there's hope uh, in that they're probably not going to play worse than that. Um, but as we're looking at uh, this game uh, now, um, they started out real hot, and then, you know, Denver just, they're just so consistent offensively. They, they just, even if you can slow them down, they can, they just don't bend. I mean, they bend, but they don't break. And, uh, you know, they put a, what, a 21-point run on, on Miami in this, bridging the first and second quarters. Um, yeah, this is going to be a tall task for Miami. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, after the game, Michael Malone berated his team for all the open threes that they gave up. Uh, the Heat were 5 of 16 on open looks. You know, obviously they got some guys who can shoot, but we knew coming off that how hot they were in the last round that it, it just, there's no way that shooting was going to hold up. Um, good news for Heat is that, uh, they're hoping to get Tyler Hero back. Um, but that did not happen. Um, I, I don't think that has happened tonight. Um, yeah. So hopefully by game three in Miami, we shall see. We shall see. Um, they definitely need a little bit more firepower. Jason, I think you're right. It's just unclear where the points are going to come from, uh, on that heat team. Uh, and the, the nugs just have so many weapons. I mean, uh, you can do a pretty good job and you know hold them to 104, but I, I doubt you can do that game in and game out. Game out. And I expect the the Nuggets to throw up some points tonight. Yeah, it was interesting. The other thing that was sort of came out of Game One was the the Heat got to the line only two times, um, so they they shot 100 percent from the line, but they were only there mm-hmm. twice. So. NBA, uh, and NBA Jimmy NBA Butler took zero, yeah. uh, two, zero free throws. So I'm really intrigued to see for the rest of the series if they can sort of change that around. Because really, for them to be competitive, they got to be getting Jokic in foul trouble and slow the game down and and get into you know get to the line more and and whatnot. Because you know then the the Nuggets don't have a chance to run off of misses right and that's when they're really really difficult to handle <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see adjustments you know jimmy butler was very adamant that they needed to be more aggressive and go to the basket and stuff like that but starting with him yeah right. for sure for sure yeah. well and there there also the was the size issue i mean it's just i mean Jokic is huge of course um but we knew that there was going to be an issue between um, how small Miami is versus uh, the size and strength of, of Denver. And, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Gordon was massive <laughs> in that game. He just did whatever he wanted. Yeah, including including block three-pointers into the seventh row at one point. Yeah. I mean, That's I think he nice. had, like, seven of the first ten points. Like, he just, you know. Um, and then, you know, um, Michael Porter Jr., just long and rangy and, and putting himself on Jimmy Butler made – Butler's life hard. I mean, you know, yeah, Butler could say we need to be more aggressive, but he only put up 13 points or, you know, um, and I think that's partly from the defense. Yeah. 
I mean, Jokic didn't exactly get a night off with a 27-point triple-double, but he did only have to take 12 shots off the floor, right? Uh, Aaron Gordon, I don't know. If you're the Heat, how are you letting Aaron Gordon beat you? That does not bode well, right? Um, Michael Porter Jr. did not have a good game. He'll have a couple games in the series. Um, You know, Jokic was just wildly efficient, right? 27 points on 12 shots, 14 assists. I mean, yeesh. Well, and and wasn't it wasn't it he only had four shot attempts in the first half or something like that, and his team was still up thirteen. Like he just like it doesn't yeah, he didn't have to, to right? I yeah. mean, when you got that's, these other that's guys, a recipe for disaster if you're Miami. I mean, it really is. You know, I think your your take on this Colson was that you can let Jokic do whatever he wants and just stop everybody else. Well, that's they, not what they they're going with. They didn't stop anybody else. Well, <laughs> but they didn't. Yeah. But they didn't like just let him do his thing, right? Like, I mean. If, if I mean, like, he did have a 50? twenty-seven point triple double, and it was eight yeah, of twelve no, from no. the floor and ten of twelve from the line. I mean, no, he I wasn't agree struggling. With that. I agree with that, but like twelve of those points were like in the last four minutes of the game. Um, they brought him back out just yeah, to I, seal just, the deal. They just didn't need him. Yeah. Well, and other it, than they, being an assist, Miami's strategy was not. You know, when we talked about this last week, Colson, you, you know, uh, hinted that. One of the best strategies is to just let Jokic, you know, score fifty points. Like, just don't double team him, and you know, just let him go crazy at the basket if you want to. Um, and they did not do that. They brought double teams from all kinds of different angles, and Jokic basically ate every one Picked of them up. Them apart, which ate was their lunch. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that would be another adjustment. The other guy we haven't mentioned who deserves major kudos is Jamal Murray, who. Mm was very aggressive in attacking the basket um got himself to the line uh oh i guess only twice it seemed like more than that but well, he nearly had a triple double himself though right yeah exactly 26 points 10 assists just six uh, boards, six boards still uh shot 50 percent from yeah. the floor which good is night efficient fantastic yeah yeah so. and it's not as if jamal murray was you know an afterthought on their scouting report <laughs> he had every intention of making his life difficult and he went out right. there and yammed. Yeah. Yeah. If he's going to play like that and Jokic is doing what he's doing, like, I, I, there's just no way they don't want a title. And, and you know, uh, Jeff Van Gundy said something uh, as the announcer at the end of the game. He was like, well, they won game one. They're only three games away, uh, you know, away from a title. And I don't see how they're not, you know, one of the best teams in the league for the next four to five years. Like, this is incredible what they're doing. Um, and, you know. There's always going to be challengers, but these guys are young and they've got a core, and this is this is pretty impressive. You you, you tend to wonder whether this might be, you know, dynastic. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Obviously, they got to finish business here first, right? And there's a lot of moving parts in the in the NBA, right? Like Porter Jr. is young and a key piece of this, but he's eventually going to you know, need another contract and whether or not you are willing to, you know, go over the tax and, or go over the cap and pay the tax or whatever to keep everybody together is, you know, a question. Well, if we need to take Aaron Gordon off their hands to make the money work, I'm fine with that. Right. Right. Uh, (laughs) Sure. I'm nervous about that. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. I mean, they're a good team. Absolutely winning championship number one is priority number one. And, you know, this stuff just gets harder when you got a target on your back, right? I mean, for sure. Everybody comes for the king. So, 
they're gonna have they're they're gonna have a rough road next season, even if they end up somehow losing this thing, right? I mean, people are just gonna know every night that um, this is the team that a team that they need to beat and show up for. So, well, uh, yeah, I mean, Jokic just makes offense seem so easy for them, you know. Um, and guys are cutting hard because they never going to pass, you know. Um, yeah, he's just oh, fantastic. never mind. They have yeah. So they have. Jokic is locked up through 26-27. Jamal Murray through 24-25. And Michael Porter Jr. actually signed an extension, his um, extension already. So he's mm-hmm. on the books until 2026-27 as well. Same yeah. as Jokic. Okay. So they got a few years. Yeah. To run yeah. Back. If you're another team in the West, you can, you can hope they win a title and then get complacent. Sit on their laurels. laurels. Yeah. yeah. I right. like it. It's happened before. Who knows? I mean, Frank Vogel's going to make uh, Phoenix play defense, and it's going to get interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll turn, turn DeAndre Ayton into a night-in, night-out superstar. It uh, <laughs> shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. You never know. Frank Vogel's a player's coach. He can, he can make it happen. Yeah. You have to be a player first. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ouch. I was just I was going to say, we, we, could, we could make a, you know, a similar... Um, you know, uh, comment about Hibbert, you know, and, and, and Vogel made Hibbert into something. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sucked before Vogel got there, and he sucked after Vogel left. So um, maybe this will be uh, DeAndre Ayton's path. I mean, if he wants to try hard, sky's the limit. Yeah, Hibbert, that's what I'm saying. Hibbert Vogel, tried hard. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. He top 10 pacer of all time <laughs> <laughs> shout out shout out uh all right any other nba business we want to discuss today any uh, stats of the week or? well there was another uh coach signing right uh monty williams uh looks like detroit pissed on yeah oh, monty williams yeah. going okay, to detroit did hear about that um Got to feel good about that. Uh, Monty Williams is an excellent coach, and mm-hmm. uh, Detroit uh, needs a lot of things. They're young and bad, and a good coach will help. So, I feel yeah, good about absolutely. That I mean, yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, and Dwayne Casey, who was their previous coach, you know, he did a fine job, I think, with those I guys. Agree. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, their goal wasn't to win basketball games. It was to get better at basketball, and I think they showed flashes of that. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, kind of – I'm not sure why he got <laughs> let go or not rehired or whatever the situation was, but yeah. But, yeah, well, we'll uh, I, I, I don't root for Detroit, but I root for Monty Williams, so hmm. hope there's some success there. Feels random to me, but okay. I like it. <laughs> I'm rooting for um, marked. I mean, the key is market is he... improvement, but not better than the Pacers. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and is he going to turn Bojan Bogdanovic into an all star? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, he's going to spend zero time with Cade Cunningham. All right. energies on Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yep. Make sure he has an all star caliber here. Yep. That's what uh that's what a good coach would do. I mean, you, know? you got to set those priorities early. Shout out, Bogey. Nope. 
not in the top 10? <laughs> He's in top 25, though. Okay. <laughs> Don't you worry. Not until not until we trade back for him. Oh yeah, well, oh yeah. If we trade back for him, which I really, I got my fingers crossed for. I yeah. actually try. I think I lobbied for that midseason, um, and then he would definitely slot into at least top twelve. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they end up with like Brandon Miller in the draft, and then uh, shot bogey to us. What do you think? I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I take that. Oh, this is we can trade I'm, him a couple second round draft picks. Super happy. I got really excited yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's uh, ending. We're, we're towards the end of the NBA season. So uh, and obviously there's no Pacers basketball to talk about. We are going to preview the draft, which is coming up sooner than you think. Uh, it will be Thursday, June 22nd. So we'll do that. We also have to hand out our uh, Pacers specific uh, awards, but we like to do that with a full complement of undebeatables. So we're going yep, to have all four of us uh, table that discussion uh, and so, we just have free play for the next uh, 40 <laughs> minutes or whatever. Uh, so, we can knock out some under Googleables. What, what do you got on, on your list there, Colson? Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Um, okay, here's a good one. This one, this is very, uh, it's very pertinent right now in my life um, because um, a groundhog has dug a hole right on the other side of the fence. Uh, and so the dogs are just losing their mind constantly. Um, I stuck a rock down there, um, not because because I that's not going to kill the the uh, groundhog. The groundhog will just have to dig another hole somewhere else, hopefully further away from the fence. But uh, my roommate uh, says that it's not a groundhog; it's a woodchuck. And I would like to know the difference between a groundhog and a woodchuck. That mm. you would want to know how much a. How much would a, a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Well, so her argument is that a woodchuck doesn't actually chuck wood and that I'm just being silly because I said the exact same thing you did. <laughs> it's, 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 well, of it's, course a woodchuck can't chuck wood. That's the whole yeah, point of the, the whole point thing of the, is how much, if, the, if they were able to if chuck wood. If a woodchuck wood. could chuck wood. Right. But, like, does a woodchuck eat wood like a beaver? Or does it just dig mm-hmm. holes like a groundhog? These are... Very good questions, and I don't know the answer to them. My inclination, my initial inclination is that they're the same thing, that a groundhog and a woodchuck are the same thing. They're clearly very closely related if they are not the same thing. So I always thought, like, ground, like you think of groundhogs and you think of, like, um, a bunch of holes dug out west, right? And, like, the little groundhogs stick up. Like a prairie dog. Prairie You're dog. thinking of prairie dogs. Oh, no, that's a different thing than a groundhog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Groundhog yeah. is what we do for groundhogs. That's, groundhog That's is Tony Phil. Yeah. How is that different than a prairie dog? It's uh, location, I suppose. Prairie dogs are uh leaner and lighter in fur. Okay. They're smaller. They're, they're cute yeah. little groundhogs. Groundhogs are big. Groundhogs, groundhogs are big. Are and big. that's and that's what this thing is. It's 
beefy. He just uh, hung out and like sunned in the middle of the road the other day, and like the dogs are just losing their mind. It's a big old boy. Yeah, mm. prairie, the do- prairie dogs are much smaller. Oh, prairie we have, dogs a, are we like, have a little prairie dogs are like guinea pig size. Yeah, uh, we have a little road behind the yard uh, that's not like a, um, it's not an actual through road. Mm. It's just uh, it's there's a the fun fun information here. We have a um, a trailer store or a, a shed store directly next door. Tractor and, supply. Uh, not tractor supply. They they sell sheds and no, just straight up sheds. Um, yeah, uh, and 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 so they have a trailer that takes the sheds down the back behind our our yard. That's mm-hmm. the only reason that road exists. Um, so there's not a lot of traffic, I suppose. Gotcha. So you could just hang out there all day, sunning in the middle of the road, like a like a groundhog slash woodchuck. But to get back to your uh, your analogy, I think is somewhat correct in that groundhogs make uh burrows and tunnels of things to to get around the other thing that's different i it and i actually don't know this prairie dogs are very social right like they're they live in huge colonies and they pair bond for life and all this stuff um and i i want to say the groundhogs are solitary creatures but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. At least, uh, at least Puxatawney Phil is right. Right. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of friends and family. yeah. And that and that groundhog from Caddyshack, you know, mm-hmm. that blew right. things up. That guy was a loner for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like most. He was terrorists. like the Unabomber kind of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what so, is your okay. inclination, Harper? Or, I don't do know you what think the hell the a woodchuck is. Yeah. Exactly. What's a woodchuck? I only know the cider. Yeah, think sure. about that picture on the woodchuck cider. Is that a? But does it, it look like a groundhog. I, yeah, yeah, it does. I feel like it's I, in my head. A woodchuck was always like in between a groundhog and a beaver. Like it was like a, it was like something that maybe ate wood. Didn't it had slightly big teeth? But like maybe just because it said woodchuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also assumed it burrowed. Probably didn't make dams. You know, like it was like some sort of. Um, so yeah, so you think that a woodchuck, a woodchuck, you would would think based on the name is like a forest animal, right? I think it's whereas a, a whereas a groundhog is a plains animal. Yeah, but we we've already established that prairie dogs are plains animals and groundhogs are not. They live in the forests of Pennsylvania. Well, we established that groundhogs were not prairie dogs. That's yeah. what we established. I don't think we established the living. Sure, but there's not a ton of habits. And, and, uh, and I, I have no idea if Pasatani Phil correct. is native to Pennsylvania or whether they just kidnapped him from, you know. That's right. I think that was all a uh, publicity stunt, right? Just to make Punxsutawney a place so he's not that native? people wanted to go to. That's not where he grew up? I've, That's not where I he mean, lives? There's been like multiples of them. I don't know where they come from. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware that he didn't live for like 400 years or whatever, but like they just steal groundhogs. It's like a zoo. They just have like a little encampment for him and his. I mean, I, I don't think around. I don't think that groundhogs just wander up to, you know, whatever the officials and are like, I'd be like like to be the. I don't think they hold tryouts, right? So no. I mean, they have to get them from somewhere. I don't know where. You can no, volunteer yours. Maybe this is a good solution to your groundhog problem. That no, would that... be awesome. Do you think it's like a Miss uh, Miss Groundhog pageant? 
and they have different like categories <laughs> and he has to do the the, the talent and the, sure. they ask questions tap, and tap stuff dance and like give us yeah. your thoughts on world peace they have yeah, the bikini, yeah. uh, bikini competition <laughs> sure sure yep. mm-hmm. well no so i mean i clearly i know that uh that they uh keep Pakistani Phil in 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 a, in a small cage and is it probably abused? But <laughs> <laughs> I assume that they like found him. The poor town of Pakistan. I assume they found him regionally. They didn't have to like go somewhere far away and bring him back. Like I yeah. assumed it wasn't I mean, like I, I like mean, you would take yeah animal. because didn't we do Groundhog Day and it goes back to it's like a I don't know now I'm gonna forget but it was definitely. Pagans. in the northeast like early colonial days or whatever right yeah. and so that would be the northeast yeah and they would be native to that i would think so i mean i suspect that groundhogs are in like lots and lots of places um okay up and down the at least up and down the east coast i mean my best guess I, i'm kind of with you there's probably a ge- geographical factor at work here if they're not the same thing which um i'm guessing that they're not um and maybe that you know the woodchucks just Maybe live at you know, higher altitudes or something. <laughs> Do less a llama and alpaca. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, no. The mountain. If, the mountain woodchuck. Mountain then, woodchuck. Uh, what if what sure. if woodchucks are west of the Mississippi or something? I don't know. It's like it's the same thing, but we just call them different things. That could be. Different that could regions. be entirely like possible. a like a Carl's Jr. and a. Hardy's? Yes, yeah. exactly. I think the woodchuck is the Carl's Jr. Jr. of Hardy's. Yeah. All right. So if you Google uh, groundhog versus and then just let it be a blank, what do you think the top hit is for uh, groundhog versus? Prairie dog, I think, is the top hit. No, that's number four. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, groundhog versus. Um... Uh, Groundhog versus Woodchuck is three. Okay. What 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 would a Woodchuck fight? Woodchuck <laughs> Groundhog, versus cat? Groundhog versus Beaver. Beaver. Is, okay. Uh, number two, number one, Groundhog versus Gopher. Ah, oh. Gopher. I think Gopher was in Caddyshack. Yeah, that was a Groundhog. Gopher. Yeah. All right. According to PestWorld.org. <laughs> I'm all in on this website. <laughs> there is Where no difference between a groundhog and a woodchuck. There you the go. terms groundhog and woodchuck are interchangeable. Let's see. Do we know how? Yeah, so the first two hits are uh, Pestworld and Terminex. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Uh, uh, let's go to Massachusetts Audubon Society. Yeah, Woodchuck's woodchuck. parentheses groundhog. Marmota monax belongs to the marmot family. It goes oh. by many names, including groundhog and whistlepig, due to the sound they make through their large teeth. Whistlepig. Whistle That's an nice. excellent bourbon. Uh, it, it really is, and I had no idea that it was related to groundhogs. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just a made-up uh, name. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whistling pigs. Yeah. Wow. So why does this stupid thing have so many names? Right, that's what I want to know. I mean, they just must be everywhere, and so everybody just like came up with their own name. Yep, and it seems like they're real pains in the asses. So, yeah. All right, let's see. And a gopher 
is a, a rodent uh, of some kind, not a groundhog slash woodchuck. Both are rodents. Bah, bah, bah. Groundhogs are bigger, stockier, and hibernate in winter. Interesting. Uh, one, yeah, one of the few true hibernators found in Massachusetts. Cool. They sleep away the winter. There you have it. They're the same. Um, but And I, I guess it's just the situation that everybody has things in their backyard that drives their dogs crazy, and so they just named them something different. No, I, the the human or the English language wasn't confusing enough, so we thought we'd throw eight names on the same thing. Right. All right. Fair enough. We've oh here we go. Yeah, and and uh, Punxsutawney Phil is local, and to remind us of our groundhog. So, Groundhog Day was brought over by uh, uh, Germans that settled in Pennsylvania, but. Back in Germany, they used hedgehogs, but they had to use local fauna, so they went with the groundhog. <clears throat> okay, for so Candlemas Day. I've got uh, A to Z animals as a fairly uh, very good explanation. Um, so uh, the uh, English called these creatures uh, groundhogs, but the Algonquin uh, name for a groundhog is Wuchach. Uh, ah. I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying that exactly correct. Yep. Um, and this name was likely adapted uh, by English settlers. Um, groundhogs do not chuck wood, uh, and that is, has nothing to do with that because it actually comes from the Algonquin. Uchak. Uchak. That makes sense. There you go. That's why they have the same name. White people saying one thing and not listening to the natives that makes a lot more sense well strangely we did listen to them and then and then came up with the wrong thing and we had a name for it and then we listened to them and decided to say they just weren't just wrong yes that's exactly that was the plan that's uh you gotta love white people yeah we're awesome we're awesome okay nice work team yeah well done all right who who wants to go next harper you've got a list i've got a list um, that's been I don't burning know where my brain. list is. Although I did hear one yesterday, and um, I don't know. Maybe you guys, maybe you guys have a feeling about this. Um, I was watching uh, watching some racing, and the announcer was, you know, talking about a guy trying to pass another. He's like, "Oh, he's out there. He's he's trying his damnedest." And I thought to myself, "What? I've heard yeah. it a million times. I probably said it a million times." But when I stopped to think about it, I was like, I have no, I have no idea what this word means. It's damnedest. Like, how did we make a superlative form of damned? And why? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and what is your interpretation of what damnedest means? So definitely what trying our damnedest is trying our hardest. So, you know, my, my thought was that this could somehow be, you know, trying so hard that you know maybe we're willing to break the rules and for that reason would be damned well that so that's interesting that's what my uh inclination was the same but it's also you're just throwing the kitchen sink at things you're just willing to try anything at this point and so maybe yeah that's it it goes to goes to that i don't know what do you think colson 
Yeah, no, I, I, I actually have never really thought about the phrase. It's one of those things that just, you know, just kind of washes over you. Um, are you trying so hard you're willing to be damned? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be. It's kind of what we're thinking, right? Um, are there other words that are past tense superlatives? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard one. It's got to be Shakespeare, very, very... right? Because who else is going to do that? Damnedest. And we assume that it's dam- it's damn, like the the curse word, D A M N, right? Well, damnedness. I mean, damned isn't a curse word, right? If you're damned. Well, right. I mean, I just meant. Right, but that, I mean, say, the, you the know, biblical uh, uh, damning. But you say, yeah, if you say damn as a curse word, I suppose it is. It's like short. Damn English, it's, I mean, it's short for God. Damned right? is the past tense of damn, which is apparently a curse word. But somehow, if it's past tense, it's not a curse word. I mean, that's in and of well, itself completely mysterious to me. Well, mm-hmm. I, though, I think the reason is because there's separation, right? So I think if you say damn, it's shortening technically for God damn, right? And so that's why it's a curse. But saying damn, so God, God damned is very much uh, a curse word in in use. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. It, uh, yeah, I suppose if you say God damned, God I guess damned it just depends kids. on how you use it. Yeah. <laughs> Heard that a lot yeah. growing up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Now it's just a. Now that's just past tense for. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then you just you make it more. We made it more. Yeah, because I, I think you could say damn or damned in not a curse way. Um, when do you guys think people started saying damnedest? Like, is this a um, an Appalachian, you know, or mm. uh, rural sort of mm, mutation of a word that they... I do like that. that. Like, I was thinking Shakespeare. Like, they just, just threw Eston like, for the heck of it. Right, yeah. right. I think that's a really good guess. I, like I guess I was leaning Shakespeare just because, like, it's a weird turn of phrase. <laughs> and it does like. sound, I mean, it sounds old-timey as well, so yeah. I, I could totally buy that. But, you know, sometimes those homespun Appalachian things do, too. Well, are there, are there other phrases in, we, in which we say damnedest? Instead of try my damn. Yeah, you say the right? damnedest thing, you know. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. sure. You do say you the do damnedest say thing. That. Yeah. Um, and in that context, it means something completely different than try your damnedest. Yeah, and in that case, it's just strange or out of the ordinary. It's just the right? most it's outlandish, right. most thing. outlandish yeah. thing, right? And and well, actually, I mean, that could work, right? Trying your which damnedest. I guess jives with the uh, try throw everything yeah exactly. in the kitchen sink in exactly yes. right yeah. So it's the most uh, extreme thing, and and extreme things get you put in hell. Basically, is the <laughs> idea. Yeah, I, I I assume this comes out. I mean, I I was going to say out of a religious period in in human history, but I, that would be all of them. So I've got no, I've got no. Uh, I was trying to give a so time period yesterday for it. or yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was trying, trying to give a time period for it, and I got nothing. Um, I, I like Shakespeare as a as an idea, but I don't know if it um, 
works in iambic pentameter well enough. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's from a sonnet. You don't know. Is that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It's very. Ro- it's a very romantic. Christopher Marlowe wrote this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It. It's part of the Marlowe collection. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, so we got a timeline. Anybody before we look this up? I'm going to Appalachia, but I like that. But what? What? When? Like? Oh, so like mm, early 19th century? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, 1790 uh, England. Okay. Mm. Okay. According to dictionary.com, first recorded 1820 to 1830. So, uh, what did you say, Jason? You said early 1800s? Yeah. Early 1900. Or, yeah, no, early you said, early, you said early, early 19th yeah, yeah. century, I think. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, I, you, you nailed that. You nailed this, yeah. I don't know about well, the Appalachian the element. Yeah. Uh, All right. What do we got here? It means utmost or best. Informal vulgar. That's these are just definitions. I need an origin. Yeah, I'm having trouble with the origin. Maybe I just uh But we got hmm. the uh, definition correct. That's good. We we speak our own language fluently. We learn that a lot <laughs> on the show. It's it's reassuring. Right. Alright. It's time to employ the AIs. Nice. Wow, yeah, ChatGPT, help us out. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm seeing that damned uh, at some point became an intensifier, and so damnedest uh, was a logical outspring of that, Oof. I guess. Bard thinks that it's, it was first recorded in print in 1596. Whoa. Mm. Footnote footnote required. So dam itself uh, comes from Old French, but the ultimate source is the classical Latin damnare or dampnare, meaning to damage or condemn. Uh and in Middle English, according to the OED, dam had three related meanings to doom, eternal punishment, produce, uh, pronounce a sentence, or denounce, or deplore. Uh, it goes back as early as 1325. The word dam, not damnedest. Right. What was the date you gave? Uh, that was... 1325. 1325, okay. Uh, I'm seeing 1820 as well for the first recorded. Um, yeah, Chad GPT thinks American late 19th, early 20th century. Yeah, I don't, there's there's not much on this. Huh. No. This, is, this seems very, very colloquial, which... Which I think means it's Appalachian, and therefore we're just going to give it to Jason. Right. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it gets. Yeah, I'm getting a weird, weird websites here. I need to probably stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've gone through the first like three tiers, and yeah, we're starting to get into untrustworthy sources. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, it wasn't Shakespeare. It was not Shakespeare. We're going to give this one to Jason. We're going to go Appalachia. Awesome. All right, you guys got one more in you? Uh, you said uh, you got one, right? I got one that's been uh, sticking in my craw for a while. Yeah, we know <laughs> the answer to that. Did we do Did we do why uh, floors are stories? No. I don't think so. We talked about it, but I don't think we actually answered that one. I remember there was one that you guys that I threw things out, and then you guys did one, but I left because I was too tired. But all right, so this comes from I mean, at one point I was having a conversation with with uh, somebody we we're probably house hunting at the time or something like that, and said, "Oh yeah, we looked at this house. It was a three story, whatever." And immediately it was like, "Why in the world do we call them stories?" Like this building is 13 stories tall. So my, I, I've never thought about this. My initial reaction is that it is completely separate from the way that we understand stories, right? That it's, that's oh, got, sure. It's got a root in something Latin or I don't know. That's my initial thought. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I I've been pondering this, and I can't even come up with like a, a hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, right. This it, it feels like it's just going to be some super random thing, right? Um. Yeah. And Unle- yeah, unless it's like something, uh, you know, stonemasonry related. Well, what about uh, <clears throat> you know, you think about like a storefront, you know, like uh okay this is uh it's somewhere along the line like the idea that this was four stores high you know okay we just stacked stores on top of each other because they used to only be one store one one floor i suppose Mm, okay i like this a lot um and that's and i don't know i I, yeah that's all i got (laughs) and and somebody was just joking around and called it instead of four stores, I have four stories. Four, they just yeah, I mean that's where them. that's where it falls apart, Jason. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, <laughs> no, store ends with an e, so perhaps story was the the way you used to pronounce instead it. Instead of four stores again. high. Yeah, it's a four story. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 four story store ish. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. wait, how long do you think people have been referring to f- floors as stories well okay i don't think we were talking about levels of a castle i think you just had a castle right so like i think i think this has to be when do we start getting multiple level uh, not even domes house, but like businesses. Yeah, like businesses or apartment buildings. I would imagine that the first would be, you know, a shopkeeper 
builds their house above their storefront. Okay, so that's their second store. E. Maybe, yeah, or with, that's where they yeah store their goods. Or yeah, it could be store. Know. Yeah, store stores and store goods. Yeah, that might track. So what what era would that be? I mean, you know, um, I feel like everything was one story for a long time. Yeah, because why would you build up until you had like dense? Like I remember seeing pictures of London Bridge, like in the middle ages and i feel like it was two stories there but you would you wouldn't start building up there's no reason to build up until you run out of room you run out of room right i I mean yeah it creates all types of architectural problems right it does well i guess the the greeks and the romans had like could do it for sure did they they have a lot of two-story spots well, they did it for like big buildings, right? Like civic centers, well, and there's palaces. a there's a the agora is two levels, like in uh, yeah, in Athens, for sure. Okay, Colosseum's freaking gigantic. So. Yeah. Well, then, what's the churches are huge with multi levels? There's not a lot of, but again, I don't think you refer to those as basements. stories. You know, I feel like they have like second stories in a lot of churches back in the day i don't know you definitely have uh, well like a balcony yeah, I, at least yeah right? you, yeah you have yeah, yeah, yeah. you have balconies and stuff sure. balconies and bell towers and i mean yeah, there's yeah. lots you of all that building. Sure. I, there was plenty yeah. of technology they were trying to reach the, right, right, the right. yeah the purpose here is yeah. that there's plenty of yeah there's, there's there's plenty of ability to to put second stories on stuff okay right right whether or not they were doing it you know probably has more to do with you know how much land people had, but you know, if you owned well, a like, piece like, of land and you wanted more space on it, I mean, you, you build up. Right? That's a good point. Sure. Good in the point. in the churches thing, they were definitely their whole thing was try to reach the heavens, right? Scrape the sky, sort of stuff. It wasn't to like. Well, maybe maybe if you're a farmer, you would rather build up. Well, you've got a second story where you up. leave your hay, you know, in, in your barn. Right. Yeah, but you also uh, you might more readily build down. I mean, it may be easier to dig then depends on where you are i guess yeah Yeah. and also it's you know cooler down there it has some storage benefits sure but it depends on where you are to the water table yeah yeah could this come from like amish then at some you know they like to raise barns and houses and whatnot do they do maybe you spin a spin a yarn yeah tell a story I mean, maybe architects, you know, see this as a, you know, visual art medium. Maybe they're telling mm. stories and, you know. Every, every floor is a story. Every floor is a, a story. I mean, every everyone comes on this, like, own page, right, when you do your uh, do your drawings. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, I like this idea. I think that the, the Latin for store and for story have the same root and we just have to connect the dots somewhere and then we get stories like i mean a story in a book and then like a storefront and then somehow we get to the answer Hmm. i feel like the masons are involved somehow and i don't know Yeah, the masons are always involved i mean 
We may not be able to prove it, but we that's know the thing. You yeah. can't find that on the internet, though. Sure, that's truly ungoogleable. What what's your what's your best guess, Harper? So I'm gonna go. I I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go like 1600s. I'm gonna go. Go. England, and I'm gonna say, yeah, it has something to do with, yeah, storefronts. I'm, I, I like yep. that. I I do like that one as well. Yep. All right. Uh, have we thought about the connection to Estonia? <laughs> we have not. Astoria. All right. Uh, I don't know if I trust this site at all, but according to leading Britain's conversation dot co dot uk, uh, it says that back in the era of kings and queens, the floors of a castle were used for storage during sieges. Each floor would be used to store various different items, including weapons and food. The floors were referred to as stories. Here spelled S-T-O-R-E-Y-S. Hmm. Well. Let's go to the straight dope. Bard thinks that in the Middle Ages, many buildings featured painted windows or walls that depicted scenes from stories. Mm-hmm. These painted narratives were often referred to as stories. The term story eventually came to be applied to the levels of the building itself. Uh, another theory... Uh, etymologists speculate that story came from some lost word stary, perhaps related to the Gaelic stayed here for a flight of stairs, or possibly from something along the lines of stagery derived from stage. Uh, Others dismiss these as being obviously born of desperation, and for a time the experts settled on the old French estorie, a thing built. Let's see. See, that's what I'm getting to, that it's a thing built from the old Doubts French. arose when researchers dug up such phrases as una historia octofenastarum, a story of eight windows from medieval Latin history books. Uh, historia meant history or story, and by the Middle Ages had acquired the meaning of picture. So the charming notion arose that medieval folk were in the habit of installing rows of windows in their buildings called stories that were decorated with paintings or sculpture. So this is your thing, uh, Harper. Theories that these stories, for which any all anybody knows may actually have told a story, eventually came to signify a level of a building. Apparently, as evidence of this practice, the authors of the Morris Dictionary of Words and Phrase Origins cite the fact that they once visited a Swiss-style hotel decorated along these lines in Lake Placid, New York. What? 
That all sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, this yeah, what I've got is uh, French uh, old French estore uh, means to erect, construct, or build, and that each level on top would be estore. Um, we also get that from uh, we also get restore from that because it's uh, to make firm essentially is the. Um, hmm. That's interesting. What side are you on with that? I am on etymology, uh, etym, line, etymology, so etymonline.com. That's good. I just, it's interesting that if it were that clear, they're the only ones with that dope. <laughs> right. Um, see, Live Journal has something on. It seems like a, yeah, it's a. So stores are not only places in which goods or merchandise are sold, but places of deposit, as in storehouse. Common parlance of the two words have distinct meanings. We speak of shops as places in which merchants pursue their trades as a carpenter's shop, a blacksmith's shop, or a shoemaker's shop. While if we refer to a place where goods and merchandise are bought and sold whereas by wholesale or retail we speak of it as a store um it's basically talking about the different types of stores i guess um looks like 1630s for store bought yeah this is a lot um looks like 1300s (laughs) 1300s old french is what i'm getting for erecting a story on top of something else so it's either that or the picture thing yeah the picture thing seems fairly picture thing apocryphal is... to me but whatever well sure. i mean yeah it, i mean they they both do but there's actually it seems like there's more references from that on that one than yeah. the, the french thing even though that seems more straightforward right Well, there you go. The more you know or don't know. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I got, I've, got, I've got one more th- real fast thing, and this isn't something okay. we can Google, but I just it's it's been on my mind. I, I, I got into a debate um, uh, with with uh, my good friend uh, and Patreon, Mike Morrow, and um, I don't know that there's an online answer to this, but I wanted your guys' opinion. Uh, is is chili a soup? Is chili a soup? More of a stew. Yeah. So what's the difference between a stew and a soup? Thickness. Yeah. Viscosity. Okay. So basically, uh, a soup is is more a liquidy. Yep. Like, what about a clam chowder? Like, that's a soup. See, so now you're getting borderline. Yeah. I guess that's a chowder. That's, it's a chowder. It's a chowder. It's a chowder. So, what's a soup then? So, I mean, a soup doesn't use a roux and is liquid based. Right? So it's just like chicken noodle. Yeah. So it would yeah, use a stock, presumably, but not a roux. Okay. 
And a roux would have uh, flour in it. Is that correct? Uh, I generally butter and flour okay. is how you make a roux for thickening purposes yes. most okay. commonly. But you okay. can use oil Corn or other starch fats. Could work. Yep. Okay. Um, chili doesn't use a roux. No, nor do all stews, but chowder does. Right. Stews are um, normally cooked down. So it's reduced is what you would say to make it thicker. Mm-hmm. Would that be the mm-hmm. difference between a soup and a stew? Yep. The, the length of time that it cooks. Okay. All right. I like Perhaps. That. Okay. And then chili somehow is a stew because it is reduced. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. And I think it's like, it's, yeah. I mean, because it's essentially, it's, the, it's, it's, like almost a, it's almost a meat of, sauce. It's almost like, a, right. you know. It's almost like a sloppy joe. Yeah. yeah. Or, a, or a, you know, spaghetti. A very topping. thick uh, marinara. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't consider it a s- soup, maybe not even a stew. It's a stew. It's just a chili. I mean, on a if you go to a restaurant and you look on a menu and they have a subsection called soups, I would not be offended if chili was in the soups section. You know what I mean? Because it's a thing that comes in a bowl that yeah. you scoop and. I mean, ch- chili a is a is a very specific kind of dish, right? Like it has its own. Right. You know, its own things that make it what it is, right? So, it's a regional dish, right? So, I assume it takes its name from, you know, somewhere in Central South America or something. Maybe I don't know. Where do we? When do we make up chili? Hmm. And where? Yeah, I like uh, Central I America. I like that. That's good. That sounds right. It sounds like a Central American version of a stew. That Texas stole. So soup can be, according to all recipes, soup can be completely liquefied or consist of other elements that are com- that are fully submerged. Stew, meanwhile, is typically chunkier. It contains just enough liquid to cover the ingredients. Okay. And what about chili? <laughs> chili is its own effing thing. <laughs> Uh, chili is often considered a type of stew, according to Delish.com. Yeah, uh, I'm getting, although many people think chili is its own category, it is technically a stew. Hmm. Uh, and its origins are of uh, Tex-Mex. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, and, the, and and did we decide that you're, they're basically just saying it's the amount of liquid, but that would be changed by reduction, right? Reducing the liquid would would make it a stew. So our answer was correct, is what I'm saying, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So chili is not a soup. Chili is a stew. Got a clear answer on that one from the internet. Thank you, Google. And thank you. Uh, for listening to this nonsense uh we got to get out of here and catch the fourth quarter of this yep. basketball game uh so between now and next week when maybe there will be basketball i don't know you can uh <laughs> hit us up on twitter we are at undebeatables on facebook.com slash the undebeatables uh we have a website the undebeatables.com 
with a contact form there where you could email us, shout out at the undebeatables.com. And uh, yeah, if you're at that website, buy a t shirt. For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinard. Turn out the lights, the party's over.